Break the Cycle with DSD, episode number 24. The information in this show is my opinion and for informational educational purposes only. Please consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your mental health. Okay, guys, let's just dive into this. Today's topic is ruminating about the narcissist. This is one of those things that is pretty darn complicated, rather common for all of us that we get stuck in this mode, especially in the early stages, and it is something that lasts for a while. So in this podcast, I am going to go over a couple of things that I think are important to remember about this and try to wrap up some things that could potentially be helpful for you to minimize that, um, that process of ruminating and of your ex's ability to try to uh, get you to do that because oftentimes they do specific things to, to get you to think about them. And right off the bat, we'll just jump into a lot of the common tactics that they use to keep you thinking about them, to keep you ruminating about them and keeping them in the forefront of your mind. Now, obviously, there's there's simple things on this if you're going to court and you have kids and stuff and they're holding something from you, but but that's kind of the main, the first thing is personal belongings. Oftentimes, you'll have stuff that's still stuck at the at the other place or their place and you are trying to get it back. Uh, I had that in my situation early on. I had a whole bunch of stuff in the garage, and trying to get it back was a nightmare. Trying to coordinate when that could happen was just, (laughs) was not a whole heck of a lot of fun. I was trying to come up with a way that I could do it without her being there, but as you guys are well aware, narcissist personality types, they want control. So if there's something that you want they absolutely will not let you do that. So if you want to go left, you can be darn sure that they are going to do everything in their power to make sure that you don't go left, that you will go straight or you will take a right. And that's exactly what happened. It took me months, months to get back over to the house to get the rest of the stuff out of the garage. Wasn't even in the main part of the house. I was kind of hoping that, uh, I would just, I'm like, look, just, you know, leave the garage door open. I mean, or I have, I think I might've still had a clicker, you know, I'll just come over. No, you will not. You know, you will not come over here unless I'm here. I'm like, oh dear God. It's not even like she came out and talked to me. It was just, basically it was a control thing. But because of that, because I wanted to get some of that stuff back, it keeps you ruminating about everything. The, The other thing that happens, not always, but oftentimes is they'll hoover. They will do things that uh, get you to think about them, whether they're calling you, sending you emails, uh, sending you texts, or a really, a really fun one. I didn't actually uh, experience this, but I've heard this a lot from different uh, viewers and listeners of this channel and podcast, is whenever they accidentally send you a text meant for someone else. They send it to you thinking, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to send a, a text to my new boyfriend or my new girlfriend but I'm going to accidentally, quote unquote, send it to my ex. And then if anything happens, like, oh, I'm sorry, did I mean to send that to you? Because they're just trying to get you to, uh, to send that to them. Now, or trying to get you to think about them is what I mean. Now, the thing to keep in mind on that is there is a possibility that as I say that, you might have even considered doing that yourself. Now, that does not make you a narcissist more than likely what's happening with that is you want them to actually show some type of sign that the relationship meant something to them, that that it wasn't just a farce, 
that you guys actually had a connection and the amount of time that you spent together meant something. Uh, typically, if you if you do fall into that trap and you send something, you're never going to get any any type of accolade, not accolade, you're never going to get any type of response that you're looking for. Typically, what you'll get is more of the same that uh, where they just demonstrate that you that you mean pretty much nothing to them. And you know, one of the things on that is is you go, you have to remember, and I'll just pause on this for a second. You have to remember that they don't care about you. They only care about themselves. They're they're focused on their own needs. They have no empathy or no real feelings towards you. And as a result of that, any of these attempts to do things are um, are, are are pointless. Now you might be saying, well, uh, Dwayne, if that's the case, then why are they trying to keep me to think about uh, think about them? And I'll get into that in a second. But I just want to wrap up a couple more things that uh, you might experience when they're trying to get you to think about think about them. And one of the other things that did happen with me is sending things over. Uh, and that included food and, and candies, which I can't eat anyways, but whatever. You know, it's like, oh, mommy made lasagna, lasagna, so she sent some over. It's like, what the, really? <laughs> so just be aware of that, that that, that type of stuff is going to happen. And you got to be really cautious because you can get into the trap or the mindset that, oh, wow, you know, they're sending this over because they really care. Well, no, they don't. It, it, it's, it's not about that. It's about illusion, optics, manipulation, and control. And that, that jumps into the next thing on this is why do they do this? Why do they want us to keep thinking about them? Because you would think if they've moved on and they don't really care, what's the point? Why would they do that? Well, the number one thing, the number one issue is power and control. They want to maintain the power dynamic and they want to maintain control of you. They want to maintain control of your emotional well-being or what you're thinking about or how you are feeling. It's not about, and think about it, right? I mean, because if somebody really cared about you, they would want you to feel good. They would be trying to find ways to manipulate your emotions to be positive and happy, let me ask you this. How often, whenever you were even in the relationship, when you were still under the fog, did they go out of their way to make you feel good? My guess is probably there's a pretty darn, pretty darn good chance that it was completely the opposite. That if you came home from work, or let's say you got up on a Saturday morning and you were feeling pretty darn good, and they could sense that, that they would do something to pull the carpet out from underneath you to control your emotions to feel something other than positive. Now, the thing to, to keep in mind on that is, is, again, that all goes back up into that control and uh, that manipulation. So the other thing on this is, and, and this is a little bit more confusing, is they're trying to keep you on the hook for supply. Now, as I say that, there's a possibility that you might be looking at that going, oh, well, they still care. They still want me in part of their life. Remember that their, their idea of supply is a little bit different than what we think when we're getting something from somebody else or we're getting attention from them, from them. They enjoy the chaos. So if they're able to basically poke you in the eye and you go scurrying off into the corner and you're upset, that's supply to them. It doesn't have to be making you happy. It just has to be knowing that they can control you, that they can make you angry, that they can undo anything that you're trying to do. If you have some special thing planned, they'll try to taint it to make it not so great. Typically that happens whenever it's with our children, 
but that is a key thing to uh, to keep in mind. And and one of the things on that is it, it's really tough in the beginning because you're trying to wrap your head around this, and oftentimes you think it's either you think it's a couple of different things. You either think it's like, well, they're really mad at me, so they're punishing me, and it's it's not about that so much. It's about control. Right. Or it's that you think that that uh, they still have some type of feelings for you and you're rationalizing that way, too. It's like, well, they still care about me. So they're treating me like crap because they're they're unhappy. It, it, it's really you got to be really careful when you when you get into that mode or and you start going down that path way of thinking. And I say that from experience. I'm not being judgy. I'm not trying to say, oh, it's so sad that you are falling for these traps because I, I fell for those myself. And it was really, really tough. It was not a fun time, not a fun time in Dwayne land to say the least. And one of the things that you have to keep in mind is, is, well, let me back up. You, what the, the thing you have to keep in mind is they are damaged. They are broken. They cannot be fixed unless they choose to be fixed, which typically does not happen. And you're never going to get the illusion back that you thought that you could potentially, that you thought you had and that you think you could potentially get back. And, and you have to be careful of that because when they are using these tactics, these, what I mentioned before, it, the risk is if they do it in a way that you believe them and you ignore the reality that's going on. And again, Full disclosure, we're talking about a bunch of, you know, 20 or two decades, 20 decades, two decades in my situation where I continued, continually, un, you know, ignored the reality that was right in front of me to believe the fantasy that I wanted to believe. I've seen a lot of people who think that those, you know, the, those interactions that they're trying to do or those nice things, you know, I, old video I made before about beware of the nice, you, you have to be really careful because it's just to suck you back in for manipulation and for their own power and their own control needs. And when we really want that, when we really want that relationship to be different and we want that illusion to come back, it makes us really susceptible to believe some of the things you, you gotta, you, you have to look at everything in a you know statement i mean words and actions words and actions it's like okay they say one thing but they are they actually doing things to demonstrate it and you also have to be careful that you give yourself a little bit of time to see the trend because yes they can pretend to do things for effect to get what they want so you you know they absolutely can pretend to like you or pretend to do something that's important to you uh in in a short period of time that is not sustainable. So you have to keep your eyes open and watch out for the entire, you know, what they're doing to really see what's actually going on. And then look at, do the words and the actions actually demonstrate what they're saying? If they're saying that they love you and they care about you, are they doing things to demonstrate that? Or are they going right back to their tactics? Now, typically they cannot maintain the facade for too long. So typically that starts to crumble rather quickly, but I would prefer you guys not even put yourself in that mode because it's just not a good place to be. And for the most part, every person that I have interacted with over the almost three years or two and a half years of this channel who have fallen into that trap 
has paid a consequence for it. it. It's always turned around and they've ultimately been discarded again or ultimately decided that they just couldn't do it anymore because it's more of the same. Unfortunately, these patterns repeat and typically your narcissistic toxic ex does not have any incentive to, to try to do anything differently. So, I mean, if you're in, in able to get therapy and it's working and you're, and the actions and the words are uh, matching, well, that's a different story. And then that's great. And if that's the case, then, you know, maybe you're dealing with a situation that can be, be prepared or repaired. I mean, and, and I get that oftentimes, and especially in the early parts of this, that we have to go down that path because if we don't, then you feel guilty that you didn't try hard enough. And I guarantee you, they will use that against you that you didn't try, you know, it's your fault because it's always your fault. And they're always the victim. But uh, I mean, best case scenario, you don't put yourself through that again, you're able to recognize what's going on. If you're if you're early in this process, and this sounds uh, like, hey, wait a minute, this sounds vaguely familiar, but I haven't heard Dwayne talk about this before. You can go to the main YouTube channel over uh, at uh, youtube.com slash DSD. And you can go to the main page and find a playlist called Mindset for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery, which starts with a bunch of videos to help you deal with and understand what you're dealing with and gives you te uh, techniques and uh, tactics so that you can deal with it a little bit better. It's still hard, but at least it gives you something to kind of follow when you're starting out. Okay, so on this, you know, the, the next big question on this is what what can you do about this, right? What I mean, how do you how do you purge them out of your mind, which is the first thing I have written down on here is that you have to purge them out of your mind. And that playlist I was just talking about is key for that. So I would definitely check that out. And the, the main thing on this is you don't engage with them, you know, you, and, and part of that is, is accepting what they are, right? And that's like in that other mindset for narcissistic abuse recovery playlist I was talking about. The second video in that is about absolute thinking to where you just accept what you, what you think they are. You just make a leap of faith. It's kind of like radical acceptance. You like, this is the reality. They are a damaged, uh, disordered person. If you want to say that they have MPD or BPD or histrionic or any other issue that you can say, okay, it is this. Now, keep in mind, don't be going around telling everybody that, but you're doing this for you. You're doing this for you so that you can, can wrap your head around what's going on, and then that's your go-to thing when everything happens. So when they send over that nice big plate of lasagna, you, instead of, instead of thinking, oh, wow, you know, they really care. They remember that I like lasagna. In this scenario, hopefully you do. But... Then you look at it and go, no, this, is, this isn't real. This is manipulation. They're doing it for their own gain. Don't go there, right? I mean, and, and that's kind of the thing you do. So if they're doing something nice, you're, sus you're suspect of it. And it's hard, right? I mean, we are not wired this way. We are not set up to respond to people like this. We're not set up to, to be defensive like this. We're, most of us in this situation are very empathetic. We want to uh, have the, the best thoughts and feelings on people, and we like to be a little naive. I get that. But in this situation with somebody, you know, it's like with, with somebody that you've been burned for, been, been burned by before, you don't want to do it again. It's kind of like if you stick your hand on a hot plate or do something stupid like, I don't know, you know, fire up the oven and put the handle in the wrong direction, and then you go to grab it and it's on fire. Not that I've ever done that. <laughs> It's a pretty good thing that it's a, it's one of those things that you, you, you very rarely do it again. Whenever you hit that pain point, you're like, oh, that didn't work. 
it's, it's kind of sad and unfortunate that it typically doesn't happen that way with relationships. We want it so badly that oftentimes we ignore that. So you really have to take uh, active steps to, to uh, minimize their ability to basically get underneath your radar and, uh, uh, you know, circumvent your defenses, right? I mean, it's like, uh, it, you just need to recognize that a lot of that is a trap. It's really tough whenever your world feels like it's crashing down and it's absolutely not what you want or what you ever dreamed of. Uh, and if there's oftentimes, if there is a sliver of hope to get back something that, uh, you thought you had, you want to take it because the pain's so damn hard. The, the thing to remember is it was an illusion. It wasn't true. It was manipulation and games and emotional blackmail and all those things that were not very good. Hopefully, as you're going through this and you're looking at your past, you're seeing that. You're seeing that, holy crap, I can look back and I could see all these things that happened and there was a lot of underlying things going on that I didn't recognize. And hopefully if you can see that, hopefully if you can uh, remind yourself of that, which again is why that absolute thinking is critically important, especially, especially in the early stages of this, to keep you focused on that. And, and then the, the last part on this is on, on, on what you could do about it is you have to remind yourself that this takes... A significant amount of time. This is not something fast. This isn't something that you're going to, you know, you're going to start implementing these things. I mean, you will see a benefit, but expect that it's going to take time to, to, you know, lather, rinse, and repeat, lather, rinse, and repeat, do it over and over and over and over again until it starts to stick, until you start to reprogram your subconscious and your mind on what is real. It's tough. It is really hard. I, I really, really struggled with this. It was not a hell of a lot of fun. There were a lot of times that uh, I just was completely emotionally drained and devastated by this whole thing, just trying to wrap my head around it. Even when I started doing some of these tactics that I'm talking about that are in that playlist, it still was really tough. And it still took time. You know, when I learned about NPD, it still took time. Yeah, sure, I, I felt good initially because it was like, hey, I finally got some answers. I finally think, uh, not think, I finally understand what I'm dealing with and why some things have happened and, and what's going on. Even with that, it still took time. And I, I just want to drive that point home because oftentimes it's really tough and you think that this should fix or you think you should get better on this faster and when it's taking time, you start to beat yourself up thinking that it should, you know, is there something wrong with me? I'm not going to heal. This isn't going to get any better. I'm, I'm trying, but it's just not working. And, and oh my God, and what's, you know, everyone else is able to heal sooner. I mean, you know, I mean, and you see that, you see other people who, who have normal relationships and they break up and they're able to move on and move into other healthy relationships and it's fine. And then here we are, you know, a year or two years later, basically still, you know, going through the same thing. And, and it's, it's critically important. It's critically important to recognize that this takes time. Your path might be different than mine. My path may have been faster than yours, or my path may have been slower than yours. It's, it's a personal journey and it takes the amount of time that it's going to take. And, and you have to accept that that's okay. You have to give yourself that time to heal from this to work through this, to process this, to appropriately deal with it, 
so that you one, don't repeat it anymore, that you don't allow the other person to, to corrupt your life, and that you can have a genuine life that, that isn't surrounded by chaos, emotional manipulation, and all the things that happen with really toxic people. The, the, the main point is, is that you want to be healthy enough that you establish good boundaries that you do not at all, under any circumstances, repeat this. That is the key. You want to make damn sure that you got this figured out, that you understand your own wants and needs, you understand your boundaries, you understand what you, well, I already said what your, you know, your wants and needs, but, but you understand yourself enough and get to the point that you're not desperate for a relationship. That is one of the critical points on this that's really, really complicated. And this is also why when they're trying to get you to think about them that you're still stuck on it because you know, oftentimes you don't want to be alone and you're thinking, oh my God, if I could just fix this relationship, if we could just figure it out and realize it was a misunderstanding, things will you know, get better and it'll be a better relationship. And I say that because I will tell you that in the beginning of this, whenever we started going to marriage counseling, I had this glimmer of hope. There was this point in time where I sat there and I'm like, oh, this really sucks right now. This is when I was still married before everything had fallen apart. And I'm like, this is going to be great. This catastrophe that's happening right now is going to make us stronger. It's going to make us learn how to communicate. We're going to learn how to interact better with each other. And it is, this will be one of those things that we will look back at this time and laugh that we went through it and how much better it made the relationship. Can you believe I actually thought that? I mean, you know what? Full disclosure, I got to be honest with you guys, right? I mean, because I think oftentimes a lot of us go through this. And it's important to say it because I want you to realize that I'm not this automaton Jedi master who was able to go see all this in an instant and go, oh my God, I see see the dark side. Uh, No, that's not what happened. I was completely blind. I knew I wanted a better life. I knew I didn't want to deal in this situation anymore. I knew I deserved better. But in the back of my mind, I absolutely hoped that things were going to to fix, that things were going to change, that uh, we would be able to have a better, stronger relationship, and that it would just be outstanding. Uh, the complete opposite happened with that. It turned, <laughs> it was like, claws came out and it was uh it was like getting attacked by a pit viper which pit vipers don't have claws i guess mountain lion is like attacked being like attacked by a mountain lion it was horrible it was uh and it scared the crap out of me and i didn't expect it and i i remember and i'll just give you one little story on this i remember one point when i was talking to the soon-to-be ex and uh, she was doing something where she's always really stubborn. And I, and I know what it was, is I was trying to get her to say that the relationship was important to her. Because I had, I had actually gotten my point, myself to the point that she didn't need to say she loved me. She didn't need to say that she cared about me. She just needed to say the relationship was important. And that would have been enough for me to stick around and try to work on it. And she wouldn't do it. And I remember at one point having a conversation with her and saying, Punkin, actually, I don't remember. I probably said her name. But anyways, I said, I told her what I wanted. I'm like, can you just say the relationship's important? And she's like, I can't say that right now. And I'm just like, what? The, what? You know, and it's like, really? 21 years of marriage? And you can't even say that the marriage is important? And, and again, right? I mean, it's all. They tell you everything. They will come clean and be honest with you. Uh, you just don't, oftentimes we don't want to hear it. And I remember saying to her, I said, you know, here's the problem. Either you're saying that, 
either the relationship is important and you're not saying it because you're stubborn and that's a deal breaker or it's not important and that's a deal breaker. It's like both of these scenarios is not good. You know, by that point, I think that she had been corrupted by by uh, her thoughts on the system, pretty much figured that she was going to win everything, that she was going to get all my money, get full custody of the kids, be able to leave the state, be able to go live her life off me without having to interact with me at all. So there was no incentive. There was absolutely zero incentive to work on anything because uh, in her and in her mind, she was going to win. And although she didn't get what she wanted, she still did get to live off me and is still doing continuing to do that. So I guess in some ways, you know, she has been victorious in that in that regard. And that was I've talked about that before that that was a very, 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 very complicated thing for me to wrap my head around because I was pretty angry about that one. Anyways, my point on this is, you know, you, you have to realize that when they are trying to to uh, to get you to ruminate about them, it's all about control and power. It's about them trying to keep you chasing them. And what will happen is, is whenever you stop, whenever you stop chasing them, they normally will do something to get you to think about them again. It could be kind of painful. It might be something that you're not really uh, looking forward to. But typically, they're going to poke at you in different ways to, to keep that, that going on. The other thing I just want to mention is you got to understand that this does not mean, anything that they do does not mean that they care about you. You don't even want to look at it in the way that, uh, you know, they, they're real still doing all this because deep down they care. It, it, the, the problem is it's kind of like, you know, the, the story or the analogy of, uh, you know, the, the alligator that needs, you know, or the alligator and the whatever. Actually, it's a different thing, you know, a different animal and a scorpion. And it's like, okay, we're going to go across this river. It's like, well, you're going to, if you ride on me, you're going to bite me. No, I won't. I won't do it. I don't do it. I want to get over to the other side. Well, the problem is, is that it's their nature and they're going to lash out. And in that analogy of the story, which I'm sure you've heard, as they get halfway through, the scorpion bites the dog or whatever it is. And uh, as they're both, you know, as uh, the dog is dying or the animal is dying, it's like, why did you do that? Now we're both going to drown. And the answer is, well, that's my nature. I can't help myself. You know, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I, that's what I do. That's the thing you have to remember is you're never going get, to get to a good, genuine person with them. You need to purge yourself from them, protect yourself, and start working on getting the life you deserve, surrounding yourself with quality people that you deserve to be around, and purging toxic people and toxic toxic situations out of your life. It is critical to do that. Okay, I'm going to wrap this show up. I hope you enjoyed that conversation about ruminating and the effects of it. Uh, if you want to find more information out, you can go to the dadsurvivingdivorce.com slash podcast slash 023 for the show notes for this show. And uh, I will chat with you guys on the next podcast and the next video. So uh, take care and have a good day.